0: I did absolutely no research on this movie because I just didn't care. <laughs> oh, I wanted to watch the, the fucking one scene with the people talking to see if there isn't actually an election. <laughs> I think you're humoring me. I think you're trying to make me feel better about this. I, I, it, it is an insinuated election. Oh, it's my infer- God. Dude, it's, in, it, it's implicit, not explicit. The whole point, you know, we can debate that when we're recording. Yeah. Um. Hey, I might just leave this in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Video Store Nightmares, the podcast where we discuss the strange, the bizarre, and the mutated films of the VHS era. Tonight, we're talking about the second in our line of election-themed films This has more of an implied election than an explicit one, but I'm sure we'll talk about that. We're talking about Alligator 2, The Mutation. My name is Luke, and I'm joined by Leland. Listeners, you can find 1991's Alligator 2, The Mutation, on YouTube for rent and also for free. You will want the free option. I I don't think you want to pay money to see this. No, but seriously, if you haven't seen Alligator One, watch Alligator One, which is a great movie. I'm a big fan of it. This movie, not so much, but we'll get into all the reasons why. The first time I saw Alligator One, I was oh I was moderately impressed. So I was like, okay, this is all right. After watching Alligator 2, the first one is like renaissance art comparatively. I mean So what I like about Alligator One so much is one, I think the script is really intelligent and it walks a really fine line between being tongue-in-cheek and being serious. And I really appreciate that. Two, I actually think most of the effects are pretty cool. Like there's some definitely some scenes where the proportions are off, but nothing compared to this movie. Um, But for the most part, I think the effects are cool. So cool that they reused some of them in the second one, oh, but the third and main reason why I like the first one is Robert Forster. I think Robert Forster is an incredible actor who doesn't get as much respect as he deserves, and I like watching him do his thing in this movie instead of Robert Forster, we get Joseph Bologna, who i' I don't know that I've seen him in, in in anything else If I did, I don't think I'd remember. I remember one actor from this film being in something else, and that is the police chief being Benjamin Sisko's dad on Deep Space Nine. Oh, dude, the the Joseph Bologna's wife is played by Dee Wallace. You should know Dee Wallace as the mom in Critters. Oh, Jesus, I'm just going to run off a list. She was the mom in Cujo, the mom in Critters the The main character in the Howling, the mom in ET, the extraterrestrial. Um, she has uh, she's been two hundred and fifty nine things. I haven't seen Cujo and those other movies. I haven't seen in probably over fifteen years. Oh, I'm man. not gonna recognize a random white woman from that. I I think Dee Wallace is great. Um, she's a horror legend and treasure. I don't know why she's in this movie. She's so much better than it. It's is probably a favor there are scenes where like i'm paying close attention to her right because i know she's a good actress and i've seen her in so many other things and i'm oh i almost sense shame that she's reading the lines she's reading (laughs) maybe i'm reading too much into her expressions but i can almost see it there beneath the surface like i know this is horribly written guys i'm sorry I don't think we can stress enough how bad some of these lines are. (laughs) We'll try to play some for you because, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of cringe in this one. Every time someone tries to be a macho man, it just spectacularly fails. And every man in this movie is trying to be a macho man. Except maybe like one scientist. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) maybe. What the coroner? I think that's the only guy who acts like a normal person. Yeah, that's fair. So we've been all over the place, but this is a sequel. This is a an unrelated sequel to Alligator, and the basic plot is that there's a giant alligator that has mutated because, of course, someone is dumping toxic waste in the sewer. This someone is like a real estate land developer, a sleazy, corrupt guy who has control over the mayor. The mayor needs something, as far as I understand it, to run on in the next election. And he has nothing to his name because as far as we can tell, he's pitiful. Um, So he's going to enter into this big land development deal with this real estate tycoon. And he kind of has to turn a blind eye to all the corrupt shit he's doing. I really took for granted in the first movie how they establish the alligator's presence in the sewer. Like, they went through a very cool story arc explaining why there's an alligator in the fucking sewer of Chicago. Yeah, this movie doesn't bother with that. No, it's just, it's there, and you gotta accept it. You know, we also do not find out where this is, where this movie takes place. No, I don't think it's ever mentioned. There's a there's a name of a park that's thrown around, but I think it's the name of the park and not the city. I. My only research into this film was trying to look up if there was a named location for this city, and there isn't as far as I can tell. So I have to read you this this storyline on IMDb because this is so much better than what I just said. It says a giant alligator runs riot in a small town with a lake connected to a sewer drainage system. Typical plot. Nobody believes the sighting until lots of people have been killed. There it is. That's this movie. Alligator 2. I think it's safe to say we will not be doing a very thorough scene by scene. (laughs) There's no reason to. There's no reason. (laughs) So oh, we talked about D. Wallace. What about Joseph Bologna, who plays David Hodges, our main detective? What do you think of him? A.K.A. Los Lobos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Future prospective script writers out there, or really just any story writers, if you are if you are making a story that hinges on your protagonist being a badass, you have to do one of two things either one you have to give this guy the appearance of being a badass you know wardrobe get someone who looks a certain way to act your character whatever the other is you have them do something badass right out the fucking gate to establish their badassery this movie does neither for this guy neither you hear that he has a reputation but then you see him and he's just a detective that is trying to quit smoking and has a family he's kind of more of a throwback to like the slubby film noir detectives, like Humphrey Bogart types. Uh, and he's trying to be real witty. Um, but I don't think he really pulls that off. I will say though, I think he's, he's a likable enough guy. He's a likable enough character. Like I don't mind spending a whole movie with him, but the, the, rest of the movie around him doesn't really do him any favors. I just feel like the movie is trying to build this guy up to have like a reputation for being a badass uh, on the streets, you know, he's going to clean up crime, he's taking care of the impoverished and systematically oppressed Spanish minority in what whatever the fuck town this is USA. And the the reputation just does not seem deserved. Yeah, his behavior doesn't really match the type, the archetype that we're he's described as. Maybe the actor and the, the writer-director had different visions for this character. Maybe. So I don't know if the problem was the actor, but I would say um, the script, if you're going to throw something under the bus, needs to probably be run over a few times. <laughs> There's a lot in this movie that's like never really established it just happens and you know like we talked to we debated before the podcast about whether this actually had an election in it 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 obviously doesn't have an election in it but is an, an, an intelligent movie would make an election front and center like jaws does because that makes sense, right? Like, the the mayor has to have some motivation for getting into this corrupt land development deal and ignoring the alligator that's rampaging through the city. Like, this movie doesn't bother to give him one that's explicit or central to the plot. So we just have to kind of accept that he in this... What is his name? The 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 bad guy of the movie, the big bad? vincent brown oh no yeah you know we cared about this movie so much we forgot to go through names i for most of these characters i like the movie doesn't even establish names well so in my notes i have almost no names because i the characters names are almost ever said except for hodges our main character his name is said many many times and lobo right that means wolf it's, which is clearly established when this guy wakes up in the morning, and of course it's his birthday, and uh, he goes downstairs to be greeted to a cake that has um, a furry on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really impressive cake. It, it was probably the most expensive thing of, prop of the entire film. Well, yeah, because the best alligator props are recycled from the first movie. <laughs> You know what let's play the trailer and and then we'll get into the rest of this this movie it happened once before it killed 17 people and terrorized an entire city the experts said it
1: could never happen again but experts can be wrong night my mother's upset in 30 years he's never been out on that. well there was a boot that washed up on south shore this afternoon maybe somebody chucked it yeah well if they did they did it the hard way the foot was still in it that's right this is a scissor bite definitely animal alligators and crocodiles in the sewer is that possible to stay lady times have changed you tell Mr. Brown that we are not helpless fishermen we will fight
0: one renegade cop stands between the corrupt politicians and a devastating
1: massacre chief less than 24 hours Vinnie Brown is going to turn the whole lake area into party town we've got to stop him I know how you feel about Vincent Brown, but he and the mayor, they're about to put this city on the map. This is my deal, my money. And if what you say is true, I'll take care of it. This Brown, he might be a bad dude. So what? This is crazy, Ah, boyster. You've got until noon tomorrow hunters haven't found that thing by then I'm barricading the park that bad old gators can the credit everyone is he I'm gonna have to have me a talk with that old boy if hey, 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 that alligator survived a body chemistry saturated with hormone bonded adrenaline it's no telling what it could be right now it's it's a mutant it's it's a machine it's a thing <laughs>
0: That trailer is just as lazy as the script. <laughs> the, the entire trailer is like a minute 40 of the last 30 minutes of the film. <laughs> the The first hour of it isn't very um, visually arresting. You know, we get one one gator murder in the dark in like the first five minutes. And then the most action we get until... I don't know. The 35 minute mark is a wrestling match. (laughs) Those those scenes with the wrestling match are so strange. Why do you think they included that? I don't know. Why would a country club host a professional wrestling event? It it's, it it doesn't even look if first off, it does not look like a wrestling event, like the kind of venue that would hold a wrestling event. It looks like something that would be a comedy club or like a jazz lounge. And then on top of that, it's a country club. I Maybe country club has a different connotation in urban areas, but this is not what a country club looks like when you're out in suburbia. No, this room is very strange. It does look like a, a loungy restaurant with a wrestling pin set up in the middle of it. And when. Like, half the characters that come in here mention that this is, like, a sleazy, inappropriate place. The mayor's daughter, is like, can't believe that her father is in a place like this. And there doesn't seem to be anything going on except the wrestling. Have you ever heard of a country club having a sleazy reputation? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's... um. It is a it's a very long scene where various characters have conversations while wrestling matches are going on. And it's it's I forgot about it, honestly, until you just <laughs> mentioned it, because it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Well, the most important thing that happens during that scene is it's one of two times where the protagonist is Lobo. Uh, Actually, um, is it El Lobo or Los Lobos? I don't remember. I think it's Los Los Lobos. Well, I don't speak Spanish. Anyway, uh, so so Lobos comes in and meets with the mayor and the police chief and the. I thought he was part of the mafia. Is he really just a businessman? I think he's a real estate developer with like shady ties to the mafia. All right, because he definitely has like the mafia vibe going on. And that's when he the alligators brought to their attention and then Vincent just says, hey, you know, we will handle it our way. Yeah. And uh,
1: that, which that's, means
0: that's the only important part of that scene. <laughs> that, that small exchange. Right. And his way is to bring in like professional alligator hunters who are all dispatched almost immediately. I don't even think they're alligator hunters. I think they're just like white Cajuns, uh let's get to them later okay um let's let's talk a little bit more about our main character the first thing all right he's such a badass but in the very first scene when he's getting out of bed did you notice he's one of those people who puts his feet straight into his slippers as if like his feet can't touch his floor that that did not occur to me no (laughs) i just found it odd I know some people are like that, but it's odd to me. I, I think my life has been blessed to the point where I haven't had any sort of contact with slipper people. <laughs> I don't think I've ever like been in close contact with a slipper person. It's I mean, I, my home. <laughs> I wear slippers sometimes, but I don't like when I get out of bed, they don't have to be the first thing to touch my skin. I never really gave this much thought. I guess you're right. There is like there are people who are really into the slipper lifestyle. I mean, I had I used to have neighbors who had like white everything. Everything in their house was white. Their carpet was very plush white, but everything had plastic on it and you weren't allowed to touch anything. And it's like kind of defeats the purpose of having anything. But anyway, we find out during this scene, during his videotape birthday party, that basically his wife is upset. She's like, I have to look at a picture to remind myself what you look like. Because and this is D Wallace, because he works night shifts and sleeps all day. And she and their their son, is it a son or a daughter? It's a son. <laughs> you can see how much it matters to the movie. <laughs> oh, he's only in like what 40 seconds of collective footage. Yeah. So anyway, they're they're awake during the day. And so they're upset that they never see him. But this is remarkably not really a conflict in the movie. Like there's there's a couple moments for like two minutes. (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple scenes where it like plays around with, oh, D. Wallace is going to be so upset with him. But her anger only lasts half a scene. This birthday setup is so convoluted how do you set up an egg timer to trigger I don't know a, a fucking cassette player I have no idea it's so it's done so strange because it's timed so that this, this Rube Goldberg contraption activates as he's getting up for work in the morning and it, it plays for some reason a glass breaking sound Like, why would you want your husband, who carries a sidearm at all times, to to be alerted that someone could be breaking into their house? This is how family members get shot. Yeah, he he does, too. He grabs his gun and sneaks downstairs, slowly looking for whoever's intruding into his house. Instead, he just finds the furry cake and uh, TV-VCR combo. It also, it's convoluted, it's also unnecessary, right? Like, there's no way they really never see one another. Like, let's say she leaves for work at 5 a.m. She, she would probably say, like, oh, you know, bye, honey. I left you a cake. Like, they could have easily given us a scene of the two of them interacting. This was not necessary. I know. I mean, this is actually a real struggle that working families go through, and, and it's not particularly limited to law enforcement like you have um like airplane engineers who have to work on planes all night while they're downed um they they don't get to see their families much if their families have a regular ass normie schedule of like eight to five in the workplace no i i know it's just there's it's just like the movie introduces it and then like you said just totally disregards it after like two minutes because then we're the wife and and Lobos both see each other in multiple scenes while they're trying to address the alligator issue. Yeah. They kind of work together. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen in real life. What I'm saying is that it was unnecessary for the movie to go this route. It adds extra unnecessary drama. And I hate that shit. I hate it when a movie has (laughs) unnecessary drama it's character development but it's not because it doesn't tell us anything about their characters all it tells us is that there's conflict between their characters all right well and- what if their what if their marriage was struggling and they were on like the cusp of divorce would that make it more grounded more real that would be a better reason to include the videotape thing okay all right i don't want the movie to be that I I would like the movie less if it went in that direction. I'm just saying it's more consistent with I really can't see my husband ever, so I have to record him a message, even though he calls me to do work things for him. I don't know. I know we're supposed to be talking about Lobos, but let's talk about the wife briefly. She's a scientist. You can tell because she works in a laboratory with a lot of beakers and flasks full of colorful liquid (laughs) yep. that's drained down spiral glass pipes. (laughs) Yep. That's her. Oh, it it looks like she's making Kool-Aid. Yeah. She, uh, I don't even really know what she does. She works at a university with Kool-Aid. Yeah, but does she go through through great lengths to to show this lab off? And, And like, so we see her messing with like, you know, glass instruments full of sugar juice or whatever. And then when she goes to answer the phone, which ends up being her husband in the scene, if you look in the background, there's like beakers just full of random green and purple fluid, you know, like a real laboratory. <laughs> yeah, I, I does the movie never tells us like what her research is about or what it is she's studying, right? No, but you don't want to hear about their marital struggles. But you want to know what she does for a living. You want I at to, least you, you want to know what her dissertations are about, or I at least want to know what her career is. <laughs> it's science lady. <laughs> Beyond scientist. <right? laughs> Let's talk about the scene where they where he comes home late. Um and she had She had stressed to him multiple times to be on time because otherwise there's no way she could give him his birthday present wink at the camera. Right. Yeah. And um, she gives him this burnt steak. It's like burnt to a crisp because she's pissed. And he's like, oh, no, I like it this way and throws her the photographs of the people who were eaten by the alligator. See, okay. Maybe this is why I'm frustrated by this, because this whole scene where he shows her the photos, and then right before he leaves to you know go back to work, he says, "Oh, you look sexy." Like this hurts my soul. Like be with your sexy wife. You don't have to go back right now. It's very frustrating. It's a murder. This is serious business. Yeah, it could wait like thirty minutes. This is one of those films where, well, I think almost everything law enforcement is like this in in media, where they get like tests that would take months to get back and just show up in like two hours. Oh, yeah, this is definitely animal saliva. Right. (laughs) There are no there are no roadblocks to getting anything accomplished. You know, normally in a movie like this, you know, you would have like a crazy animal attack in an area that would otherwise never have this sort of interaction between people and animals. And then law enforcement has to actually deduce that it's an animal attack. They're like, this victim was killed with something big, something serrated. And then they have to like troubleshoot to figure out that instead of some weird guy with a fucking saw in the sewer, that it's actually a giant gator that never happens in this film. It's immediately straight to gator. Well, they even reference that there was a giant gator in Chicago. I guess they're referencing the first movie. But yeah. so D Wallace, I think, says this. She's like, there's some precedent for this, you know? Um I don't know. I'm fine with that. I, I don't necessarily need a long drawn out thing where they debate whether it's an alligator or not. Um I'm fine with the straight to alligator. All right, so let's discuss what we need from an alligator film, right? Okay. And and we can discuss if those needs were met. We need A, an alligator. Yes. B, people getting devoured and destroyed by the alligator. Yes. So pause. Let's talk about how they're devoured and destroyed in this movie. Well, wait. There's a list. We we need to establish the needs. Gotcha. And then then finally, we need to see a climactic death of said alligator. Okay. All right. Like, I think that's what we're all looking for here. And I feel like they they kind of drop the ball on B. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was about to say is, you know, alligators in real life, don't they attack really fast and they, like, stun their victims and shake them back and forth? Like, they're very slow until they're not. Uh, All right. So... Alligators can run very, very fast for very brief periods of time. Right. Um, so they're normally very slow, but they don't go chasing after anything, really. I mean, if you're in the water and you're, you know, splashing around, like, say, the fucking characters at the end of this film, <laughs> then yeah, the alligator is going to be attracted to that. I'm, I'm, on what, land, you have to, like, you literally have to molest an alligator before it does anything to you. Like, they're just chilling. Yeah, this alligator, which I can buy, it's mutated, okay? It is mutated, right, it, it's in it's, the title. <laughs> it's, like, extra aggressive, it wants to kill people, and it will kill one person and then, like, leave that body and go kill the other. I don't know if alligators in real life do that. But no. um, <laughs> but what I'm complaining about is when he's killing people, he's not, like, whipping his face back and forth and smashing his jaws, he's slowly squeezing down just a little bit until like, the leg severs away, and then he swims away. He's a very passive alligator. Yeah, he's pretty chill. I, I'm pretty sure alligators have one of the strongest bite forces of anything on this planet, um, especially for its size. And you, you're right, we never see a snap. And we know it waits till the end of the movie to show us a death roll That is what alligators are known for. They bite really hard, really fast, and then they just start rolling until you're dead. <laughs> so they, they roll until they get bored. <laughs> let's talk about how they visu- how we visualize the alligator in this movie. So it's a combination of real alligators that look quite small. The alligator from the first film. And a prosthetic alligator face that looks like two hands chomping together. Um, And then there are scenes where the alligator sincerely looks giant. I think because it's filmed in actual perspective for once. But this movie, the alligator bounces all over the place in terms of its size. I think they have two different gators that they used for the live action footage. The gator that they used in the first movie And then I think they actually got a bigger one that they shot for this one, which is so strange to me. Well, it's supposed to be giant, and they describe it as being, like, bigger than a person. I think they say it's 27 feet long. Oh, gosh, I missed that. That's that's kind of big. But (laughs) despite this movie being called The Mutation, this gator is relatively tame compared to the first gator in Alligator 1 yeah the the gator and alligator one busts through a fucking city street yeah this it movie destroys automobiles right this movie can't do anything like that yeah this gator is really tame um but apparently it's bulletproof and kind of explosion proof yeah well whenever they they blow off dynamite, which they do in several scenes. It never seems to be near the gator. It always seems to be at least, I don't know, 10 feet away. Part of the problem, which I'm sure this is just a coincidence, the people writing the script surely did not give this enough thought. If you throw a grenade, like a fragmentation grenade, and it detonates underwater, that significantly impacts the effective radius. Like, tremendously like the shrapnel is not going to go as far as it would if it were to explode above the surface so yeah we, i'm sure we have a scene the very first scene where lobos and his partner whose name i will never know go into the sewer and they first try to shoot the gator but they're american law enforcement so they miss and then fall back on taking hand grenades and trying to blow it up and it just doesn't work because they deduce that the Gator is just really fucking strong. But again, these, are, these grenades are just landing in like ankle high and, and detonating underneath. Actually, ankle high is probably too low. Um, probably like knee height. What do you say? Yeah, about that. Th- these are not real sewers, of course. These are the fakes, you know, Hollywood sewers that we see where nothing is coated in shit and random fat and you have bars over random pathways for no reason. It's one of those sewers. Yeah, I don't know if it was filmed in a real sewer or not but I will say the first movie feels very authentic. It feels real. Um, It kind of gives us that grimy urban 80s setting. This movie doesn't feel that way. I couldn't figure out what the theme of this movie is. Like... Was it shot in California? That's the only thing I could think of because of I'm, the high Hispanic population. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm not sure it ever tells us. Clearly this movie has a lower budget than the first one, which would suggest that you kind of pare back your ambitions a little bit. But instead, a normal alligator is not good enough. They need a mutant giant alligator in this one. So they're just setting themselves up to fail, right? Like, why wouldn't you come up with a story that better fit your budget without all these explosions and dynamite and bulletproof alligator? I'm I'm just saying there are other things that you could have come up with. To be absolutely clear, the mutation title means essentially nothing because they're both mutant alligators at the end of the day. Uh-huh. It's just not as extreme. Extreme with an X. Extreme, <laughs> but they—I feel like they did scale back, but they scaled back in terms of script quality. <laughs> oh yeah, it's this movie is far inferior in every way to the first one. I just want to know who who thought it was a great idea to just be like, "All right, there's a gator there, and that's <laughs> it." Like, you know, people know the name of the movie when they walk in here. Just they just know there's a gator. The first two people the gator kills that we see kill are part of this Latino gang that Hodges has a connection with for some reason. Uh, Did you get a sense of why it was he was connected with these guys? So first off, were they gang members or just part of the Latino community? I thought they were a gang. There is a gang, but I don't know if these two were part of it. Oh, I don't know. Wow, way to go! Just assuming all the Latinos in this film are part of the same street gang. Well, I don't think like the little girl <laughs> is part of the street gang, but he, oh, just... he tattoos. He might, be, you know, that's pretty street gangy <laughs> he for <he's> nineteen ninety. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he meets this group of guys in, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and they have a weird cigarette thing they do as like a secret sign. I, I don't know. I just got a sense that this must have been a gang. Oh, God, the street gang, though. Uh, Regent Park. Yeah, the gang in question are the Regent Park boys. You know this because they all wear jackets with this um insignia and in their logo. And the director goes through great lengths to zoom in on the back of their jackets just so that they can justify that they wasted prop budget on these jackets. Do they ever do anything bad, though? Like, I thought they were kind of a good neighborhood gang, like a community organizing group almost. Well, they have to be so that the viewers at home can root for them. But realistically, they probably would be selling drugs to the community. Yeah, so I guess like when I'm calling them a gang, I'm not necessarily disparaging them in any way. This is a good gang. We root for these guys. <laughs> they do one criminal thing the entire film, which is um they loiter in front of a real estate office to drive down business. <laughs> yeah, that, that is as criminal as it gets. Do you want to talk about the romance in this movie? Beca- <laughs> because we have a <laughs> Before I can get into the romance, I think we need to establish the characters, right? First is the one-dimensional love interest, who is the mayor's daughter, uh-huh just established as being a hot girl. Yeah, that's it. That, that's kind of spicy, and that's it. I don't think we even know what she does, like, professionally. She's a mayor's daughter professionally. <laughs> she cares about her dad and that's all the character development you get yeah and uh oh and then everyone wants to fuck her i guess apparently the real estate guy vincent brown is really into her but she's not having it no she shoots him down pretty hard but through uh through script fuckery she eventually becomes in contact with a beat cop who is desperately simping for the lobos like, he really wants to be the Lobos' partner because that's how it works in law enforcement. If you want someone to be your partner, you just hang around them a, long, a lot of time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nobody wants to be partners with the Lobos because he's, uh, he's such a badass and doesn't care about anybody but himself and <laughs> apparently his family? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy pitifully gets himself... He, he's supposed to arrest hodges but instead he gets himself locked to a toilet and the mayor's daughter has to unlock him yeah okay so we have to talk about why the system is turning on lobos the police chief is basically in league with the mayor the property managers and and the investors that are trying to get this fucking condominium shit off the ground so that they can just make a shit ton of money but Apparently, if you stall this fucking open house ceremony for a week, you know, all the profits go down the drain. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, To try to keep that from happening. The police chief is like, yo, just go out there, arrest Lobos on what charges. Who knows? Maybe they're just going to put him in the drunk tank for the weekend until the the event is over. This movie doesn't go that far. They put him they put him under, quote, house arrest. Which basically means he's handcuffed to the the beat cop. But that's it. Whoever wrote this script has never had any contact with law enforcement in like any way ever. Anyway, so he gets bamboozled by the Lobos who handcuffs him in a in the restroom of the country club. In a bathroom stall which inexplicably has a fucking coin slot on it. On the lock. You need 50 cents to use the bathroom in this fucking country club. This would be a thing in cities, though. Yeah, to keep out the homeless. Because they can't yeah. just crawl under the fucking door, right? Well... it It is a thing. That's all I know. But in the process of being discovered by other beat cops... This guy... Gets exposed to the mayor's daughter. They somehow become an item. Like, how she, did they get to meet it up? Like, she just wanted to follow him, right? Yeah, and they they go back to his apartment and end up making out. No, not even that. They go to a bar first. It's so weird because he gets uncuffed from the toilet. And then while they're leaving the building, the partner turns to the daughter, the mayor's daughter, and... and She gives this like brief speech about how she's like a wholesome girl that doesn't just put out and says she's like strong-willed and all that shit, because that's the about the only way the script writer could get that across to the audience. And then instead of immediately looking for Los Lobos, they go to a bar where the partner then gets smashed and starts talking about all of his insecurities to the mayor's daughter. Like, yo, this this shit is way too heavy for like a first date. What are you doing, man? And of the course, she's, despite the speech that she gave in the stairwell, she just kind of falls for it hook, line and sinker. Like, wow, you are so sad. And that's so, that so touching. Yeah, What's he's totally in front of your apartment. <laughs> he's totally inept in every way. I don't know why she is interested in him. Because before this, she is presented as like a girl boss right she we don't know what she does or anything but whatever she does she's badass at it that image lasts like a whole two minutes yeah after that she becomes regular stock girlfriend for protagonist character oh one person that 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 scene was so sad where he's like sitting there talking about his childhood trauma and like what drove him to go into law enforcement to like Uh a week or whatever the fuck his story was (laughs) yeah I don't even remember it yeah, it doesn't matter. If it's not an alligator, it probably does not matter. One character I forgot about, but I, I wanted to try to figure out who it was, is do you remember the bum that his friend gets taken by the alligator and he ends up being taken in on a stretcher? Yeah, during the wrestling match at the country club, there is the alligator decides to strike a homeless camp where... It does the first of its signature tail swipes against one of the homeless guys, knocks him against a concrete wall and presumably eats him. But we don't get to see that cool part. So this actor's name is Carmen Philpy And I was trying to remember if he is the same bum in the blob. I have no clue. So I'm looking it up real quick. But yeah, then... When police get on scene, they are interviewing a second bum as an eyewitness. And that's how the Lobos finds out what happens. So he's not he's not the guy in the blob, but he is in tons of movies as like this character. Right. He plays Hobo Jack in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. What a typecast. He was he was even a homeless guy. He He even plays homeless guys in voice work. He was the homeless guy in Adam Sandler's movie, Eight Crazy Nights. Even uh, in voice work, he can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he does have uh, that look. He has a very distinctive look. The The scene where he confronts the alligator, where he gets whipped by its tail, that's the first scene where the alligator looks truly gigantic. I mean, in the next scene, it looks small again. But like its tail is the same size as the bum. We get to see this tail a lot. This this gator whips more people than it eats. That's because it was an easy prop to build, I imagine. You could just swing the tail around. All right, let's talk about the the alligator hunters that show up. What do you think of these guys? Has this guy been in anything else? Oh, yeah, he's in tons of shit. Yeah, I feel like I recognize him, but I don't know who he is. His name is Richard Lynch. He's been in tons and tons of things. He's best known for, uh, according to IMDb, he's best known as King Titus Cromwell in The Sword and the Sorcerer and Principal Chambers in Rob Zombie's Halloween. But he's been in 164 movies, so you've probably seen him before. I'm really happy that this guy is not best known for Alligator 2. That's the happiest <laughs> thing you could ask for. Yeah. It was one of many, it looks like bad movies he was in. He's in a lot of like low budget action and horror movies, it looks like. But yeah, it's him. What's this character's name? Uh Hawkins. Hawkins. So we have Hawkins here and then what like three of his brothers and a couple other guys with him. And I should all- point I should point out that his name is Hawk Hawkins. Uh yes, Hawk Hawkins. So when we address him do we say the whole thing? And now I'm just going to call him Hawkins. Okay. So Haw- Hawkins here. And Hawkins is spelled exactly like I think it is, right? Yeah. H A W K I N S. All right. Okay. So <laughs> So Hawkins and his uh crew of I don't think they're specifically alligator hunters. I think they're just supposed to be professional hunters. Professional swamp people, if you will yeah i think he refers to them as cajun yeah which really again brings to question where the fuck this movie takes place because you will not have people like this in california or in like illinois where do these people come from because they're on like they're basically on beck and call like i doubt they hopped on a fucking midnight flight from louisiana to get to wherever the fuck this movie takes place, right? That was the impression I got because the the real estate developer the day before says like, oh, I'll get my people here and they'll take care of it. And then it takes like 24 hours for them to show up. When he says, I'll get my people to we'll take care of it, I really expected just like a bunch of Goombas like running around in the sewers with like Tommy guns shooting at an alligator. And that's I, what I, I expected, expected too. To, yeah, I didn't expect him to call in like, you know... Like a, a discount crocodile Dundee squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these guys are inept. They they die right away. They're oh, only. God. Can we talk about this opening scene, though? Like, again, there's a lot of macho men, you know, it's Sigma male button heads, every, every other scene. And in this case, we have the alligator hunter, the main one, Hawk Hawkins, going up against unnamed henchmen who who wears green undershirt turtleneck. Uh, Does he ever get a name? I don't think so. Yeah, green turtleneck. So green turtleneck guy uh, starts being like, you know, why don't we just, just take care of these gators ourselves or what the fuck ever? And then for no reason, this fucking Hawk Hawkins guy takes out a knife and fucking throws it, throws it at the fucking henchman. And of course he dodges it and the knife gets stuck in a tree. And then he leaves his knife in the tree when he leaves. Yep. What the fuck? That's that's probably a good throwing knife. Yeah, probably an expensive knife. Yo, that man makes so much money, he can just leave knives and trees. <laughs> but I, I do like the police commissioner guy. He's like, I'm tempted to arrest all of y'all. <laughs> I like him. I like that actor. I've seen him in lots of other things. Yeah. He's um he's played by Brock Peters, who yeah, I mean he was Tom Robinson and to kill a mockingbird. Like this is a established actor here. He has 132 credits. Well here he's just collecting a paycheck. Yeah. he He's, he's probably my favorite character in the movie though. Him and D Wallace, I think outshine most of the rest of the movie, but like the viewers at home know what's going to happen before it happens. They go into the sewer, they find the alligators nest, which is apparently a bunch of reeds growing in the dark. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. that works. And they discover the toxic waste and slowly start getting picked off. You know, uh, okay, so so tell me this, right? You you work for a giant pharmaceutical company, giant conglomeration of assholes peddling chemicals to the world, and you need to dump a toxic byproduct for your company illegally to save money for your shareholders. Do you dump that in a branded barrel? No, of course not. Yeah, this barrel is fucking branded, you know, bullshit pharmaceuticals on the front. Sorry, I don't remember the name. <laughs> like, <laughs> who does that? <laughs> it's it's so cartoonishly evil. <laughs> it's total ineptitude. And yeah, the 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 bad guy, what's his name, Brown, Vincent Brown is like a cartoon character. That's how the actor plays him. How does a real estate developer get into dumping fucking pharmaceutical toxic waste? I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's unclear. Basically anything bad the movie needs to pin on somebody, they're going to pin on this guy. <laughs> That's him. He's responsible for all crime in this pretend city. That's what it seems like. But let's talk about this scene where they're hunting the gator in its nest, right? It it's it's weird because when they shoot their guns, nothing happens. And I I don't mean that Like, it doesn't affect the gator. I mean, literally nothing happens. There's no shot, no splash, no explosion, no ricochet. It's, I don't know, it's very weird. It's like they're shooting lasers. Did it strike you that way? Mm, No, but perhaps I was not giving this scene the due attention it deserved, right? Uh, I was just here to see fucking guys get eaten by alligators, man, because I was finally, we're going to see some good eats. Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah, there's some there's some decent like gore scenes and uh close ups when when the alligator is really close up. and It is like mashing on people. It's fine. I think it's too slow, but otherwise it's fine. We should mention that uh, Alligator 2 here is PG-13, whereas the original was rated R. Oh, I didn't realize it was PG-13. Yeah. Why would you make this movie PG-13? I'm assuming, did this even come out in theaters? I assumed it went straight to video. Probably. Yeah, so they just got the PG-13 rating so they could sell more copies. It's just weird because presumably you would have seen the first movie before you rented this one. Much like sewer gators being mutated by pharmaceutical toxic waste, there is a precedence for this. Um, Just look at Conan the Barbarian, which was very rated R. Um, actually rated X before it was cut down um, for violence. And then the sequel, which came out as PG-13. And then you have the Mad Max movies, which were, you know, one and two were rated R and then Thunderdome came out PG-13. So um, it's like a studio decision. I think within this genre, I I think some of the Jaws movies are R and some are PG-13, but I don't know the order. So this movie, like the climax of this movie centers on this, I don't know, it's a carnival or a party that Brown is trying to throw to like sell more timeshares or something. What What is actually the purpose of this event? Do you right. know? So the building that they made is a condo complex. Now I'm pretty sure this whole deal is just try to get a bunch of people in to buy condos so they can cash out and make a lot, lot of money. They decide to do a marketing carnival fair thing to try to bring people in to like consider their real estate options. And uh man, it's really mixed. Like the kind of people that go to carnivals and the kind of people that buy, you know, seven figure condos don't have a lot of overlap. Yeah. That's why I thought that part of this was like political because He really cares about like families being here. And these families are not the people he seems to be marketing to. I mean, maybe they are, but that's not the way it strikes me in the movie. It's almost like he wants this as a public optics thing, too. I never really considered this from like a public optics angle. I really just felt like this was just a bunch of high people in society running a money making scheme. Like the whole thing was just to get a whole bunch of profits for shareholders and call it a day. I don't know. There's several scenes where Vincent Brown says something like, you know, I'll be the one really in power or the power will be all mine. You know, some nonsense, evil villains, shit like that. And yeah. um, and, and the idea is that he, the mayor will be kind of like a puppet. Right. And he'll be behind the scenes running things. That's how he treats the mayor as like a puppet. And I thought this was like a big public relations event where they they they're trying to show off their community as being the family friendly place you want to buy houses and come live right and the mayor wants to be reelected. vincent brown wants to make lots of money but vincent brown also seems to want to have control or maybe i was just reading way too much into it (laughs) which we tend to do all the time hey it's fun makes these movies way more interesting Especially in Alligators use case, uh, so yeah, this festival is—it's such a product of the '90s, right? Like you have a radio DJ who's like shoutcasting like the location of the carnival and everyone should come out. Uh, and like nowadays, you would just have like a fucking post on social media and everyone would be aware of it, and you wouldn't need any of this shit. You wouldn't even nope. need a carnival really if you're just trying to sell sell fucking real estate. No, it, it this is a very '90s movie. Oh, God. There's a point where, uh, you know, Vincent shows up to the carnival and he realizes there's not a lot of people here. And he turns to Turtleneck Goon and hands him a bunch of singles and says, everything is now free. Let everyone know. I want more people here. (laughs) 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 I'm pretty sure they weren't supposed to be singles, but it's clearly like a handful of singles. Well, then he goes to the DJ and he's like, get more people here now. I don't care how you do it. Tell them that we're giving away money. (laughs) So this this carnival is basically a Ferris wheel, food booths, and a very mild freak show. I'm talking about like a woman holding a snake. That's about as freaky as it gets. (laughs) Yeah, we see uh, the mayor and Vincent are cuddled up together on the ferris wheel oh god you know the start of the scene i was thinking is this really gonna be murder on a ferris wheel well first i was thinking this is probably the first movie i've ever seen like illicit activity being discussed on a ferris wheel and then it immediately was like oh my god we're about to watch my first ferris wheel murder which it would seem really unwise right because it's kind of easy to prove it's you if the mayor gets shot on a Ferris wheel and you're the person in the seat next to him, then everyone knows you did it. Man, that's going to be so awkward for the ride operator. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I suppose you could just get like some really shady carnies running your carnival and they'll just kind of look the other way. Right. I wouldn't put that past Vincent Brown. I mean, if you have fucking big game hunters on, on cap in your Rolodex because it's the 90s. And imagine you could probably set up a shady carnival at a moment's notice. Yeah, there's tons of people around. It just seems like a very unwise decision. No, And seems- and you want people to be at your event, right? And then suddenly there's a murder investigation going on the Ferris wheel crime scene. You know, was it a uh, CSI has to shut down your fucking Ferris wheel because they're investigating the murder of not just a murder, but the murder of an elected official. This was an assassination. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's it's really dumb. I didn't even think this didn't hit me when I was watching the movie because it's kind of (laughs) like everything in the movie is dumb and it kind of just washes over you. But this is a really dumb decision. (laughs) There's a lot of dumb shit that happens in this film. I think this is the number one thing. Number two happens a little bit later. (laughs) This is number one. Well. (laughs) Like wh- you get you get the feds to show up at your carnival to investigate the murder of a of a of elected official. I mean I that gets you the I get I suppose that gets you the publicity, but not the kind you want. And it it why, it really- why would I want to buy a condo in this town? They just murdered the mayor. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's exactly my point. And it's not he doesn't even use a silenced pistol, right? No. <laughs> he just shoot and he just shoots this guy. In like the thigh, he dies instantly. <laughs> no, he doesn't die because they're taking him off to the emergency room. Wait, he survived? I thought he. I died. think he's no. I think he survives. I promise, I was paying attention. I he think he survived the Ferris wheel. No, I think I think they're taking him away in an ambulance at the end. Well, oh, I mean, they take corpses away in ambulances. That doesn't mean anything. Uh true, but I when they tell. When they tell the daughter, they're like, "Oh, your father's been shot," but they don't say he's dead. I feel like there's a connotation there. <laughs> you know, if someone's been shot, they usually die. <laughs> uh, maybe. I'll tell you what. I, whether he dies or not, I don't care. <laughs> no, it does not matter. You know, we completely glossed over another assassination, which was actually a death. Like this one. Well, God, maybe this one's up in the air too because it's technically off camera. After the after the Cajuns are mostly murdered by the Gator, the police chief just says, you know, I'm shutting the shit down. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna risk the lives of the ordinary citizenry for your, you know, shitty real estate scam. And while the police chief is driving to the carnival, uh Vincent Brown has his limo driver, what the fuck ever, pit maneuver the police chief into a horrible car accident. Yeah, I think he dies we don't see it i mean you know i also thought the mayor died so maybe this man didn't die either maybe not maybe not but maybe i don't it. know why you would risk this i don't know why you would risk running the police commissioner's car off the side of the road in broad daylight right oh man time of day in this movie is scuffed as hell like oh. you'll, have, you'll have people go into a sewer at like nine o'clock at night and they come out at like 12 in the afternoon after like an hour i know i thought it was just me i thought like oh well maybe it's just because every you know i think it's night because it's in a sewer but maybe not maybe the movie was just wonky no the time was definitely really wonky there's only supposed to be like a a day and a half (laughs) that this takes place over and we see the sun fucking rise and fall like three times Well, at some point, the gator just comes on land and starts rampaging through the party. Well, it's because their nest, the nest was interrupted. And as we all know about alligators, when their nest is invaded, they have to seek out new territory because they're upset. Right. But we have these scenes are so silly. These scenes of the gator head being pushed after groups of people who are running and screaming. It, it literally looks like someone has their hands in the two halves of the gator mouth and they're running after them chomping. I think there's actually a gator head puppet, but it probably stops right at the neck. Yeah. And there's a guy with like, you know, the claw grabber at the end and he's moving the mouth. But yeah, it's affixed to the side of the camera as it's running at like alligator height. <laughs> <laughs> That's all these screaming extras but it looks it's to not eat mostly anybody it mostly just tail whips people it does tail whip one guy onto a fucking lit grill yeah it's because they couldn't have gore I guess if they were aiming for that PG-13 rating uh turtleneck thug is instructed by Vincent to take care of the gator and then not three seconds later immediately dies <laughs> this guy's hyped up the whole film I know. I, I I laughed out loud at this scene because Brown tells him to kill it. And no, it gets him right away. No effort. And then we see the gator eat Brown, Vincent, in the next scene. Yeah, Vincent tries to leave the carnival, but is stopped by the, the Latino street gang. The, God, I already forgot the name of the place. The something park. The something park boys, whatever. The park boys stop him at, at the fucking ex- exit. And, uh, <laughs> Vincent loses his cool and pulls a gun (laughs) and is immediately disarmed by Lobos and tossed over the side of the bridge where the gator then stops its rampage to then slink into the pond and specifically eat the landlord, which in its defense is very base. They know this. (laughs) The alligator knows this guy's no good. He knows he's got to go. See, the gator does a public service and they still fucking get rid of it. Yeah. At this point they could just live with it in harmony. Feed the it whole, or something. The whole finale showdown with the gator in the in the lake, by the way, is really drawn out and dull. Yeah, the second dumbest thing that happens in this movie is this gator is now deep into this lake at what? Nine, ten o'clock at night. Uh huh. And they decide to get on this dingy ass rowboat and go out into the middle of the water looking for it with a spotlight. Like, wow, how did this not work? You don't want to fight the thing on water. You want to fight it on land if possible, right? Yes. Because, like, in the water, you're defenseless. I definitely wouldn't want to be in the dark in the water trying to fight this thing. No one would. No one in their right mind would go out into water looking for a gator in a boat like that. No fucking way. So, you know, unsurprisingly, the gator wrecks the boat jaw style and um, ends up eating Hawk Hawkins, who probably tastes like chicken. You <laughs> get to see the first death roll of the whole movie um hawk hawkins to his credit is actually stabbing the motherfucker in the face the whole time but you know this guy's bulletproof so naturally he's gonna be knife proof too yeah we didn't Uh, mention it but d wallace gave him some sort of spear with poison on the tip or something dude i don't even know what that was supposed to be i don't either it's not explained ever she just gives it to him and he's like ah okay We we have completely glossed over all of the harebrained schemes that this cast has tried to subdue this gator like right now it is literally ingested an entire stack of tnt it has dynamite sitting in its stomach right now Not nothing ever happens with that right because they keep talking about like when when d wallace gives him the spear he's like will this hasten the explosion in its stomach and she's like i don't know maybe nope never happens no it was about the, I was I was kind of expecting him to be like, what kind of a scientist are you? You don't know if this is going to detonate the dynamite in his stomach. I thought for sure there was going to be a scene where they shot it somehow, like, like Jaws style. They shot something in its mouth, and it triggered the explosion, and it burst into pieces. But no, we never get that. I mean, that's how the first alligator died. It was also exploded after it ate something it shouldn't have. So maybe, maybe it's a callback to that. Maybe they had an alternative ending planned, but they ran out of money. So they did the cheaper option and brought out rocket launchers? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, after Hawk is... Well, all the middle of Hawk getting devoured, um, a helicopter comes in and saves the other two. I, I don't know why this helicopter's here, but and, and why it has two rocket launchers inside it. But then Lobos and his partner... Decide to go back into the sewer to chase the gator. It's back at its nest because the script demands this movie needs to end soon. <laughs> uh, naturally, the partner who fails at everything pops a shot off and misses. And then, uh, you know, Los Lobos. Fucking absolute Chad hits the gator dead on with a rocket and explodes it. Falls of the chunks. It's meaty chunks. We you see it's see like a piece of like gator jaw, like land. Yeah, we see <laughs> its its head or part of its head sort of spiral through the sky. It's kind of cool. It looks okay. It doesn't yeah. look bad. Just, you know, kind of wish everything before that was just as cool. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, we've shit on this movie plenty, but let's give final thoughts. No, and... no we got to the very last scene, you know. Okay. All right this Lobos emerges from the sewer with his partner and everyone acts like they don't smell like sewer because it's a fake sewer. <laughs> <laughs> like his wife hugs him. He's like, I'm so glad you're alive. Yeah. D <laughs> Wallace is waiting for him and the mayor's daughter is waiting for the partner. They're like, so proud. Like, yo, I'm just telling you right now, if, if someone really came out of a sewer, you would not want to touch them. Like, no. first off, those guys are both going to need like 12 shots in their ass just to avoid getting, getting, like infectious diseases and it just smell terrible. I would assume so. So, uh, the the my favorite part of the end, which is stupid, is when he comes out like the entire Latino community just happens to be present at the, the mouth of the sewer, <laughs> and they all just start chanting like "Los Lobos." <laughs> and then, and then this one dude is like, "Hey, Vincent Brown is dead." help me rip this sign down. And they all <laughs> ripped rip down his sign. Oh, uh, that was, <laughs> that was the coolest thing the street gang did the entire time. Yeah. The only cool thing they did. <laughs> yeah. Fuck landlords. Am I right? Zoomers. Yeah. All right. Let's give final thoughts and a rating out of four. If you have a, a hankering for some killer animal films, you can do a lot better than alligator Two. In fact, you could just watch Alligator 1, which is a uh, much superior movie on every single front. (laughs) I am sure Luke and I are in agreement that if you are going to watch a killer alligator film, you can just watch the first one and forget that Alligator 2 exists. Scream Factory is shortly going to be releasing both of these films on a Blu-ray. You can just pretend that there is one film on the Blu-ray if you decide to order it. And uh, they tried. I think they tried. There are some cool gator scenes in here. It's it's sad that they had to reuse some footage from the first film. I have a huge pet peeve about that. But I guess a giant gator is a giant gator. I think they actually reuse a shot-for-shot scene from the first one. It's been a long time since I've seen the first movie. But there's there's a scene I specifically remember with an alligator walking in a sewer that's very blue lit with some very small looking pillars and the pillars were intentionally made to look small to make the gator look bigger i'm pretty sure that shot was just reused for this movie i'm pretty sure you're right yeah uh so you know we kind of have a death in our situation going on here with an alligator but i suppose if you haven't seen the first one you would never know it's not like it's really obvious that it's reused footage this film would really just gets hurt by the script Um, a lot of characters just do not have the attention they deserve and and most of them are pretty pitiful maybe the mayor's daughter and the partner could have been salvaged in the hands of a better writer but it's also kind of hard to not to, to really care about anything in a giant animal murder film that's not the giant animal right I mean that's that's kind of what we're here for you're missing gator kills, man. This thing tail whips way too many people. I need to see more innocent blood spilled. I need to see more more savagery in nature. And we just were denied that, Luke. We were denied that in Alligator 2, the mutation. They probably could have picked a better subtitle here. Because, uh, like we've mentioned, this gator is nowhere near as uh, fucking monstrous as the first one that literally tears through the streets <laughs> Although I suppose there is a part where uh, the gator in this film breaks through, kind of breaks through the wall of a sewer. It kind of looks like there's a crack there and it kind of nudges a piece that was already loose. Yeah, they're, they're being generous here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um outside of being a, a B movie to riff, I don't think there's really much here. And if you want to do that, there's probably much better options. This movie isn't a total loss. It's not the most boring thing ever. At least stuff is mostly happening after you get past the first half hour. But man, just logic and reason go out the window. in st- in t- way too many cases. I, I got to say, this is probably a uh, one star. Yeah. I think this movie's fine. Like I really like Alligator and once in a while when I watch Alligator, I watch Alligator 2. So I've seen this movie a few times. I think the main, the actors are okay and the characters are okay. Like they're likable enough. The the villain is villainy enough. This feels like a made for TV, like made for Sci-Fi channel type of movie. And so if you want to watch this on a lazy Saturday afternoon, like I I don't think it, you could spend your time in worse ways than watching this movie. Uh, but with that said, there's no reason to seek it out. It's not especially good. It's not, um, it doesn't have a grand plot or any plot consistency for that matter. It has no size consistency of the alligator. You know, I was actually watching earlier. I was watching night of the Lepus. Have you ever seen that? I've seen most of it. I, um, I saw it when I was a kid and it really made an impression on me for whatever reason. Uh, and I hadn't seen it until the, this afternoon I was watching it. But the rabbits actually look better in that movie. They look, they look more convincingly giant than the alligator looks giant in this movie. And that's really saying something. Um, I agree. Uh, I'm going to give it one and a half. I think it's tolerable. I think, like I said, lazy Saturday afternoon movie, um, but otherwise, no need to waste your time. Watch Alligator One or any of the other killer animal movies that are, are really cool. You know, I forgot to mention this. I think this is the first movie I've ever seen where a guy that uses Holmes in his vocabulary talks about fish. Okay. You know, he's like, you know, hey, Holmes. My my yeah. partners were out fishing and they didn't come back. You know they mentioned they didn't they mentioned the one scene that like the pharmaceuticals were already killing the fish, but then they're like in the fucking pond looking for fish anyway. They they say that the pharmaceuticals made them big and then killed them. Wow, what dicks! So maybe the alligator would have died on its own. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe you can only mutate so far, and then you your body gives out do you think it's strange that this movie completely neglects to have any scenes or characters involved with the pharmaceutical company itself yes like that's so strange that it those that they are not represented at all maybe there's something deeper there that you could say in the script i'm just saying like maybe you know those guys are so up up the social ladder that they're basically untouchable the, basic, the best you can do is you know take down Vincent Brown master real estate salesman sure I mean I wouldn't call him master real estate salesman he doesn't really kind of fucks that up really bad yeah as far as we can tell his methods don't work very well no all right so um, that's it for alligator 2 the mutation um, next week we're talking about kind of a big one um, we're going talk about peter jackson's 1993 dead alive aka brain dead this is a pretty big movie lou everyone knows this one i think it's okay to do a actual movie people have seen once in a while like we did it with the blob we did it with the baby yeah probably a third one in there and then brain dead aka dead alive all right, cool. Well, I'm I'm I've seen it so many times, I know it by heart, but I'm excited to talk about it nonetheless. There's actually an election here, right? It's not implied. No, the um Lionel's mother is voted the treasurer of the Women's Liberated Welfare League or something like that. All right. That's that what. Works. Okay. Yeah, yep. All right. Um so until then, You can follow us on Instagram at video.store.nightmares where I post everything we do. Uh, Any last words, Leland? Thank you for your continued support. All right. And check out if I'm sure you have already, but watch it again because it's a fucking cool movie. Watch Dead Alive and join us next week. Until then, have a good one, everyone. We'll see you.